Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is seasoned marketing executive and co-founder of Digital Golf Collective, Jess McAllister. Jess has spent her entire career leading talent and brand strategy for not only recognizable brands, but also influential people as well. And with a passion in women's golf and personal branding, Jess is revolutionizing both industries by bridging the gap between the game and the female athlete and female executive. Welcome, Jess. Thank you. Nice to be here. Excited to have you. Thank you so much for taking some time. So let's go ahead and dive in. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and what got you started? Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in the PR and marketing space for a very long time. I'm not going to age myself. Um, and, you know, being on the brand side most of the time um, in every agency I was at, you know, really understanding, getting to know the talent a little bit better um, and, you know, started my own agency about five, six, seven years ago. Um, and, you know, pivoted uh, a couple of years into that into golf as I uh, fell in love with the sport. Uh, I grew up on a golf course, dad golfed, I golfed for fun. And then I fell completely head over heels. And, you know, really, I really dove in to educate myself about the industry, um, the key stakeholders, you know, the organizations, the players and all of that. And I just, I was so reluctant to not do anything. Like I just, it was one of those things where I knew it was going to be a huge business switch. And I, but I knew I had to, I, I knew I had to make a change. I knew I had to bring what I had value wise into the golf space. And, um, you know, it's been, I guess about five years I've been in the golf space and going on my third year with digital golf collective. Um, and it's, it's been interesting. It was a slow roll with, uh, you know, with I, what I do is pretty unique to the golf space and wasn't really accepted um, at the jump. And I still, you know, we still have some little bit of issues today, but I think people are realizing the importance of what, what we've built and the incredible talent that we work with and what they have to bring to the table. That's amazing. There's definitely a few things that I, I took away from that. I think the main theme is just this sense of entrepreneurial spirit that's actually really been a part of you from the very beginning. And understanding myself, I mean, I've gone through of actually trying to learn a new sport. And especially as we get older, it is so incredibly hard to be able to learn a new sport. Mind you, golf, my goodness. Yeah. So the fact that not only did you take the leap to try the new sport, but you were also just trying to entrench yourself into the actual game, trying to understand and actually doing the research yourself is so incredibly powerful. And I think that really has fueled this need yourself to be able to start your own business and launch your own agency. And among other things, really taking in that entrepreneurial spirit from the very beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's not easy. That's for sure. And it never is. But I think, um, you know, you get to a, a point of passion where you know, like you, that's the only thing you can do, you won't be able to sleep or eat or anything like that. And I think when you have that much drive, and nothing can really get in your way, even though you're going to fail a lot, you know, but uh, when you care that much, you know, it's, you know that you're meant to be doing something, whether it is helping people or building a product or whatever it may be. And I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm 85 years old as far as how I've aged myself through the process. But I have to say, like, it's been totally worth it. It's been, it's worth every smile. It's worth every thank you. It's worth, you know, seeing these people that we work with succeed and, and how it's helping um, the industry as a whole, right? Even in the smallest way. 
Of course. And you can tell there's so much passion within just what you're saying today. And I think that really has sparked this overarching need to continue to help others, which is essentially what you're doing now. And I'd love to understand too, from your background in sports and and learning a new sport, I've always been so intrigued by the skills and the qualities that we actually learn from playing the game. Right. And especially with golf too, I'd love to hear your perspective. Are there any leadership or teamwork skills or qualities that you had attained or learned through that entire process of teaching yourself how to play golf? And essentially, if any of those skills have been directly applied to your professional work? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because golf, the sport itself is an individual sport, right? And I am have played team sports my whole life. So, you know, but as you get older and you're looking for kind of a form of escape, like that was my yoga, if you will, like going to the driving range and being alone. Um, but, and I think with that said, and that side of it, it really allowed me to silence myself and go inward and really think about the decisions I was making um, personally and professionally um, and, and to lead because there was no one else, right? And you got to just, you got to make the decisions. And then I would say from an industry standpoint, you know, it's taught me a lot. It's a very small industry. Um, and, you know, I think what I've learned is that golf really is for everyone and that it can be such a beautiful tool for a lot of different things. Um, and some of those takeaways for me that I've really kind of applied to my business is really fostering a community and, you know, deepening those relationships. I mean, you spend four hours on a golf course with someone, you're really going to get to know them. Right. And I think that's, to me, that's what it's about. And growing the game. I know a lot of people don't want to use that quote, but I really think, you know, through this last year, we've realized that golf can really bring people together. Um, and I think that that's, that's really what I've applied, you know, both, I guess, personally and professionally, um, because it's allowed me to realize that I can use that sport to get closer to my family, to my friends, all of that. And I would say, a lot of new golfers that I know have kind of said the same thing and it's now a new consistent fun activity that they apply, whether it's a business outing or hanging out with their dad, you know? There's so much beauty in that. I didn't even realize it too. You know, even with team sports, I like the the one that actually just comes straight to my mind is actually basketball. So it's so funny, right? And I have no idea if this actually even makes sense, but how I was able to just like articulate what you mentioned, um, that moment of pure silence, it's that true like one moment to yourself. And I think of with golf, of course, when right when you're about to take a swing, you have this inner, I guess, moment of reflection and you take a deep breath. And in the, in the point of basketball, whenever you're doing a free throw, that's exactly the same moment. And I think that's so incredibly powerful that even with all this different noise that goes on in our life, both personally and professionally, it is so important to have that moment to just take a pause, take out every single noise that's going on in your life and really just have a deep moment of reflection. And that's very incredibly important as we go through our days. Well, and I think with golf too, it's like different than any other sport is you're playing different courses and you're never going to you're never going to hit the ball the same way, um, you know, or down, you're never going to hit the same way down, um, you know, specific fairway, whatever, you're going hole to hole, shot to shot. And, you know, another thing that has applied professionally and personally um, is being a lot more methodical, right, about those decisions. And um, 
thinking about it and focusing on that, not necessarily from an anxiety standpoint, but allowing yourself to really think about each shot, each hole, all of that. What could I do better? What really worked? And I think that that applies to business as well. Absolutely. You know, still along the same topic of the sport itself, I'd love to better understand just the entire landscape in your perspective. And I'm sure a lot of the members in the audience could also could attest to you that there's just so many opportunities still that can be unlocked for women in golf. And having been inside of the industry, what are some ways that you have seen the industry positively evolve in favor of women in the sport? Um, well, I have a lot to unpack here. Um, but I think, I think the last few years have been the most impactful for women in the sport. I think it's been the most impactful for everything and everyone in the sport. Um, you know, I think from making the space in the sport more accessible and available and kind of breaking that intimidation factor, everything from, you know, you're seeing all these wonderful, you know, female apparel lines coming out of the woodworks because they're so sick of what, you know, traditionally has been on the market for them to girls connecting on social media and going golfing together. I mean, you have things like for the ladies and these other apps that have come out to create those like safe spaces. And again, it's like, it's really about lessening the intimidation factor because this is a severely male dominated space and not just male dominated, but white male dominated. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like, how do you, how do you break, not necessarily break tradition. And like, I'll use the term, which I, I use, I feel like a couple times a day is positively disrupt. Like you want to respect the sport and, and what it's given us and the tradition that it provides but I still think that there's a lot of work to do, you know, when you're talking about a sport that is really for everyone, any color, any size, any age can play. Right. And I think that just as much as we can break that barrier, I mean, exclusivity is nice. A country club life is nice, but I think that there's a lot more that we could be doing to welcome women onto the courses, whether that's the driving range or maybe mitigating that they can only play certain times at certain clubs um, things like that might help. Um, and then I think from the business side, you know, the opportunities are there. They're just, they haven't really been findable, if that makes sense. And they haven't really been out there. And, and again, the golf industry is very small, but there's so many moving parts and there's so many businesses that support, you know, what goes into producing um, a tour organization, each tournament, things like that, that there is a job that's literally for anybody. And I think if we started marketing that to women a little bit better, you know, you wouldn't go to LinkedIn and type in, you know, golf marketing, and it wouldn't just be greenskeeper that pops up, you know what I mean? And I think it's just providing better kind of access tools, resources, and opportunities. Um, you know, I think what we're seeing right now, um, is golf is being forced to adapt both culturally and generationally right now. I think it's a beautiful thing to watch, um, but we still have, you know, a really long way to go. Um, and as far as what we, we, we could do better, um, I saw this quote. I was reading a, a USA Today article around the cogn new Cognizant um, tournament, and it said equality can at least start with opportunity, and it wasn't quoted. Um, and I just, that, that quote has specifically stuck with me because I think that that holistically applies across all, like everything from women to diversity to you name it. Um, and I think if we can just, you know, think about how 
people can put their money where their mouth is these days with how things are trending and how they want to support women in the space or people of color or whatever it may be. You know, you're seeing a lot of these campaigns and brands that are making statements, but are they actually applying that? Are they actually, you know, creating equitable investments? Um, And in golf, you know, the disparity and the gap between men and women is like beyond huge. (laughs) Um, And I think that that's an opportunity for brands to really step up right now. And we're seeing that through, as I mentioned, like the Cognizant Chevron taking over a tournament and all this stuff and, and increasing purses, which has been incredible to see. But like I said, this is just the start, you know, women's sports isn't going anywhere. So, uh, but we still have a lot of work to do. That's fantastic. There's definitely a lot that you were able to unpack there. And there's still so much more too that we can talk about. One thing that you mentioned that was a little bit top of mind for me was really the beautiful ways that marketing, technology, digital has fast-tracked a means for access. Of course, there's still so much more room to go, but the fact that now that there's mobile applications that are out there and these social communities that are starting to bring about awareness about really the problem without actually saying what the problem is, they're actually just creating a solution which arises this need of education for the community to realize like, oh my gosh, that was actually a problem. I didn't realize that. And that is incredibly important. Yeah, no, I I completely agree with you. And, you know, in the space that we're in, it's very much like, you know, why do you need to create that? Why does it have to be just for women? Why does it have to be this and that? And it's like, well, why does it have to be just for men? It's like, you can kind of throw the questions back at people. And like, I get it. Traditionally, that is what it is, or country club mentality, whatever it may be, boys club, but like, that's just, it's just not reality anymore. And it's kind of like, get on the train or get off because like it's moving full steam ahead. And in like I said, you know, women or sports, women's sports and women's golf, you know, are, are growing at such a rapid rate. And I think that um, this is just the beginning. And I really feel like the brands that have stepped up and have created these opportunities and campaigns or what are tools, whatever it may be to create access you know, those are the ones that are going to succeed through the noise um, and, you know, the naysayers and whatnot. And I also think ultimately succeed from a consumer standpoint. Completely, completely agree. You know, along the same lines of your coin term, positively disruption. I love that too, by the way. Um, You know, we think about how innovation, how the future is really starting to carve its way out through accessibility, diversity, inclusion, and I'd love to tap into your expertise specifically on brand marketing. And, you know, I think all of us can attest to social media and marketing is constantly changing every single day. So how would you recommend brands and athletes to think about creating authenticity, creating authentic interactions and authentic communities with their audience? Yeah, I mean, I just had this conversation this morning as well as yesterday and Friday with some girls, some athletes. And I really feel like, look, at the end of the day, athletes are busy, right? They're very busy. They're focused and they're focused on being the best best athletes they, they can be, not be a walking billboard. Um, but, at, you know, things have really changed over the last few years. And um, social media is, if not the most important, one of the most important aspects of being a brand, um, personal brand. And as a pro athlete, um, you are a brand, right? You're selling yourself, essentially, whether you're top 10 or whatever it may be. Um, there's no there's no running away from that. Um, and I think 
that one thing that athletes can do better is uh, focus on community building and engaging with their audiences. Um, like I said, I know they're really busy. And um, I, I, the thing is, is your fans and community live on social media <laughs> first, right? And that is one in probably the closest thing that you can do to make them feel like they're really connected to you, right? Um, you know, I, I help quite a few athletes just on the side, like I get a lot of DMs or emails or phone calls asking like, what do I do? How do I do this? Does Brandon approach me? What do I, you know, how do I do social media? I don't want to market myself. What do you mean? You know? And so really walking them through their comfort levels of how to become marketable, how to really, you know, take the lead in controlling the narrative in your personal brand. Um, you know, with where kind of these female athletes are, they're getting younger um, and they're more, they're more adept to knowing how social media works, which is really cool to see. But, you know, understanding how to market yourself for brands or with brands and athletes, not necessarily your copy and paste sponsored posts, if you will, but ways to build and grow community and, you know, personalizing things is what's going to create authenticity and like real trust. Um, and, you know, the positive side of, of social community is, or social media is just that it's community and it allows these people to feel like you're their friend. Right. And so I think getting people, athletes to engage more on social is definitely a necessity, um, you know, that obviously varies with the level of kind of free time um, and whether they have a team or not. And, you know, to that end. I think that agents and managers and whatnot can be better about educating their clients on that importance. And, you know, when they are facilitating these deals, that's now becoming a common construct within the agreement of social media distribution. But like I said, that copy and paste from a commercial shoot a year ago, like that just doesn't do it with, you know, consumers anymore. They can smell the BS. And so they really want people that are going to engage with them. Um, and I also feel like, specifically female, you know, women golfers, pro golfers in this space, like they haven't really had the opportunity to have their personalities shine. And I think that's something we're starting to see kind of change a little bit with the LPGA and the USGA really focusing on the personalities of these girls. And I can just imagine that once they break out of that shell and they do start kind of putting themselves out there a little bit more and people start to get to know them, that'll just create so much more opportunity. Oh my goodness. There's so many good nuggets that you just touched on there. And, you know, one thing that was really called out to me, I actually just recently read it in a book about how brands need to think about changing their social strategy from being something that they market to consumers to actually just being some being a, a channel, being a, a platform where they can just talk to their consumers, they can talk to their fans. And that concept in itself really resonated with me. And that's, it honestly reminded me so much of what you just mentioned, because it's really about creating those meaningful interactions. It's about creating a dialogue and an engagement with your fans. Right. Well, if you think about it, and something that we kind of advise brands on too, is every brand is a media platform. If you're online, you're a media platform. You know what I mean? We're a media platform. We are syndicating and distributing information on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, right? And people are listening, people are watching. And I think if brands realize that, and some do it really, really well, and some don't do it at all. And I think with golf being as trendy as it is, 
it's moving so quickly that it's like, how do you catch your breath and like do all these things and check all these boxes. But if they could create a community themselves, right, it's just that much more easy to market to the consumer. Cause I think if there's one thing we learned over the last year, it's not even learned. It just, natural progression of what is is everybody is consuming on multiple screens and social media became the ultimate point of connection for the human race essentially right and like you're never going to see the consumption that we saw through covid but it doesn't mean it's going away and i think that's where we really realized that we could do better uh marketing through all these channels that we do have available to us um versus you know being biased to like instagram or this or that um, and that's same with the talent, but the brands do have a responsibility to do that themselves. Um, but I also think that they could be a little bit more collaborative with their ambassadors and their athletes when it comes to the commercial or general content that they're putting out there, because that's also what's going to be authentic to the, to the athlete and the talent as well. Um, and I just feel like that's the direction things are going and allowing them to be themselves and contribute to the creative um, would make that content that much more valuable. Completely agree. And taking a look at this through the industry lens, almost like putting this at a 30,000 foot view, Mm -hmm. how would you say that the golf industry or golf sector specifically could leverage the new ways of marketing? Oh man, how many hours do we have? (laughs) (laughs) I have a a lot to unload there. Uh, well, it's quite frankly, it's why I started the company that I have you know, and, you know, utilizing these incredible people as vessels, right? Um, And marketing machines. And like I said, with golf being the last to adapt to most things, it was just one of those situations when I first started that they didn't necessarily understand. And I was declined most of the time, but I was, it worked when you realize that that's where the, the everyday golfer lives. That's where the fan, that's where the consumer lives. Um, And that's where they're going. They're going to influencers to consume entertaining content and information. And it's a trusted voice. I don't know how many times I have to say that a day. But I would say that from the golf space, um, we're seeing a little bit of it now. We're seeing a little bit more openness and creative when it comes to how things are being marketed, whether it's a tournament, um, you know, spokespeople and ambassadors for title sponsorships. And I think a lot of sports marketing agencies and their golf portfolios are really um, reevaluating and reapproaching or refiguring out kind of how they approach, you know, how they structure out their sponsor deals, um, whether that be through the tournament itself or through their golf ambassadors. Um, so we're seeing a little bit of that change. And I can attest to that, given that most of my clients work a lot with these title sponsors and, um, help again, be that vessel of entertaining content, educational content, um, and help the brands build that community within the golf space, essentially. So, you know, again, that's really the basis of my entire company, (laughs) like, be better, do better, you know, this is, it's a value proposition, and use it for what it is, instead of neglecting it, because you don't agree with it. Mm, so much power behind that. And yeah. it's almost like being the connective tissue to actually drive the industry forward. You know, another piece that I actually just thought of as well, you know, thinking about how the industry could do better for women. I think a lot of times people like to think, oh, the sport is just really about being an athlete. We need to increase participation rates, which is 
fantastic, right? right? It's great. But you can actually touch on earlier, how can we unlock greater opportunities for women outside of just being an athlete? There's a whole business behind things. Whole business. So yeah. can you talk about more of like the clear opportunity and share what are some tactical things that we can do to better amplify opportunities for women to get into the business? Yeah, I mean, we'll stay tuned for what we're building with Elevate by DGC. Um, but <laughs> a little plug there. Uh, well, and, and that's also why we started that and why we've been building and building for over a year now and working with executives and players and you name it, anyone in the industry. And, and almost from like a polling and surveying to build um, our case study of why we essentially are creating something that doesn't exist in the space to provide for women, both the athlete and on the business side. But you're seeing, you know, something that really caught my attention, I think it was two years ago at a tournament. I'm not going to say what it was or what brand we were there with, but it was a men's event and they had a women's leadership day. And one of my clients was, you know, so thankful that, you know, she got the opportunity to speak on this panel led by a man. And like, that's fine. He's so great. So well-respected in the space, but that just seemed a little a little offbeat of the whole point, but, um, you know, and there was no publicity, there was no media support, no social media support. And this was supposed to be, you know, inviting, you know, female like golfers and executives in the space and those that are attending the tournament and, you know, those in the local community. And there was no one there. (laughs) There was like workers like on their lunch break, you know, and I, my heart just broke because it was kind of like, they, I know how much money they spent on this. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, give me that budget and I will show you what you can do with this, right? And I couldn't believe the, you know, band-aid that these people use to check that box and say, we did that, you know? And I think in the last couple of years since that moment and the words that I had with the agency that put that on, um, I think more women are starting to band together, which is really cool to see within the industry, Um, especially on the business side, huge emphasis on the business side, from the executives to agents to um, women that work at these organizations and really, you know, coming together and figuring out, like, how can we give back more to the community? And, you know, I'll use the example of where I was just at a few days ago. Um, you know, Mark Berman, who put on the uh, PXU Women's Match Play Championship, which like, thank God for him and creating this two week opportunity for these girls to compete, right? Um, With the Women's All Pro Tour. But, you know, they had a, uh, I guess, a summit for a day. And with Generation W and Donna Orinder, who is like a force to be reckoned with, And they created this incredible full day for these girls to come in and learn and ask questions. Um, And one of the questions that was asked, I was in a mentor for the day and I was at a table of five girls and the room was probably about a hundred, a hundred women, which was awesome. Um, But one of the questions that was asked was how many of you plan to go on or stay competing to go on the LPGA or want to be on the LPGA? Half the table raised their hand. And then how many of you don't plan to keep competing or, you know, but still want to work in golf and don't know kind of what to do? Other half raised their hands. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) you know, and I could not wait to dive into these questions and hear that why, because 
And we're talking, you know, collegiate, amateur, and pros at this table. There was even an assistant coach, college coach there. Um, and it was so interesting to hear their stories and their whys of why I want to keep competing, um, what their dream is, or, you know, they have been competing and maybe their dream changed, right? And they, but they love the sport so much that they still want to work in it, but they're like, well, how do I even, <laughs> you know? And so being able to talk about the opportunities that are available, I mean, you look at what it takes to throw on tournaments over a thousand people, right? Imagine a, a, a thousand cool jobs to put on one event. Um, and so it was, that is what really struck me too. And, you know, I was able to talk with a lot of the women from the organization as well as some leading executives over at PXG and some other places of like, wow, there really needs to be more resources um, and opportunities to access the business side. And I don't know if it's like a LinkedIn or not a LinkedIn, but some sort of job board, you know, for golf or something like that. But, you know, an example is these sports marketing agencies, right? Let's use like Octagon or CAA, or whatever. They have job boards on their website or you go to their LinkedIn. Most of these girls who aren't tour professionals don't even know what that is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's really kind of finding that gap to bridge, which we are, and um, like really getting these resources in front of them. And like I said, a lot of these executives that we've been lucky to talk to and actually have become really great friends. And I feel really lucky to have an incredible group of women um, in my circle in golf that are like, tell, like, tell me what to do. Where, like, what do you need from me? Like, where, what time, like, how much time do you need? Who should I talk to? So, you know, I think we're starting to see more of that. And like I said, this, this past um, week's event was really eye-opening and really incredible. And, and seeing these executive women go up to these girls and say, here's my number, or here's my card. Like, call me if you want to talk about anything and say, I was so emotional. I gave everybody, anyone that wanted a business card, I was like, you get a card, you get a card, you know, I'm like, how can I, what do you need? How can I help you? You know? And, and, you know, they've already been reaching out since then and, and just asking simple questions of, you know, I know I'm, I'm really interested in marketing um, and I'm really good at golf, but what do I do? Or how do I, can I get an internship somewhere or, you know, things like that. So, it's, it's coming. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of these leadership events that happen across all the organizations, which is really cool. But again, not everybody knows about them or has access to them, right? So it's really creating a space where kind of anyone can go and, and see what's going on or sign up um, and meet and mingle and learn and, and help make, I guess, life decisions for them. My goodness, that is incredibly moving. You know, if I, if I think back, the main thing is really just showing that the opportunities are there. And that's what's going to pave the way for the future. Because the young girls, the future us, they need to see that it's possible. And they shouldn't have to go through a, a scavenger hunt just for trying to find this information like we have to today. I know, it's, it's crazy. And I, you know, it, it feels weird even saying these things for someone who's fairly new to the golf space, I would say, compared to a lot of these great women that have either been born into golf families or have, you know, were playing and then not, and they are, they've been an executive here for 20 years. And, and again, I've met like women from all walks of life in this industry. And I love just like meeting more and learning more. Um, but the issue at hand is 
how do we support that next generation? And what's crazy is with social media, it's like information is endless and access is endless, but you don't get to the core root of providing like actual value, value and opportunity, you know what I mean? And so um, that's something that I'm really working on with some other great women. And I just, I really hope that, you know, someone like myself, again, pretty new to the golf space, but I feel like I've, I've educated myself enough. Um, I lead in a space that no one else does in the industry and still is kind of offbeat for people. And like, that's fine. But I, I have so much belief and passion in not only my talent clients, but what we do on the brand side and just existing and showing that being different is okay. Um, I mean, I was scared shitless, um, you know, going into this, it was like, people are going to judge me. And I, you know, I have been laughed at, I have been talked about poorly or who is this person influencers, but uh, you know, things like that. And I, I just, I just knew that I needed to show up. And I think if you could show these girls that the opportunities are there, um, especially with them, again, being younger and more kind of keen to social media, they really lean into that as well. Um, and it's cool to start to see like social media jobs pop up at these organizations and, and stuff like that. So we're getting there step by step. Oh, well, speaking of opportunities, um, any exciting things coming up that we can expect from you and DGC? Yeah, I mean, aside from um, Elevate by DGC, I would say, you know, uh, let me see, I wrote this down. Um, I Oh, well, I mean, from a groundbreaking perspective, I would say our clients, our talent clients are doing some incredible things that uh, we'll be rolling out in the new new year that I think We've seen some talent and influencers and athletes do some really cool stuff, but these things kind of take the cake. And I feel thrilled to share that our talent, you know, does really incredible things with brands in the space in a unique perspective versus just kind of on the field or in the TV commercial, right? Um, so some really cool things, really big time brands that are finally starting to turn the corner. And then we as an agency have been, um, aside from Elevate, working on getting more involved with um, modernizing entertainment opportunities and experiential at tournaments um, and even kind of offsite, think like Coachella, where it's like all of a sudden the parties and houses became more valuable than Coachella itself um, and creating kind of community and industry opportunities around these tournaments um, to better support our community and the partners that go um, into these tournaments and whatnot, but in helping kind of making them a little bit more fun. So, um, and we're working with quite a few, uh, tournaments going into the new year, which you'll see some, some changes, um, as far as integral support when it comes to on the ground and, and social media. So we're excited about that. Oh my goodness. Well, incredibly excited for the positive disruption that is to come. Well, final question for you. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur, what would you share with them? Um, well, do you really want to be an entrepreneur? <laughs> uh, I think it it's, comes down to knowing your end goal, right? And like, because that's what's going to keep that passion alive when you are doubting yourself and you feel like crap and no one believes in you that motivation is, you know, what you want at the end of the day, whether that is a product, a monetary value, or what you want for yourself in your life, that's going to keep you pushing. Um, I would say <laughs> things change, uh, be ready to pivot, <laughs> uh, you know, be ready to, to be ready to change and know that, um, you know, you can still get to 
the end of that crossroads, but sometimes you might have to go another direction. Um, and, and you learn that as you go, when you think that you are organized and have all your things together, things do change. Um, and I also, you know, something that has stuck with me is everything is figure outable. I don't know where I heard that. I can't remember if my mom told me that, um, or something, but I just remember I was complaining to somebody about, you know, just wanting to move to an Island or something, um, running away. And they're like, Jessica, you know, you're so resilient. Like everything is figure outable. No matter what, no matter how bad the situation or good the situation, everything is figure outable. And like, I will say that statement sticks in the back of my head every day when things get bumpy. It's like, okay, like we can figure this out. We just got to figure it out. <laughs> so, and surrounding yourself um, with people that keep you motivated, emotionally healthy, and inspire you. Um, because when it does come to those hard times or those moments of doubt, you know that you have like your people around you. And I think that that is super important because entrepreneurship can be very isolating. Oh my goodness. Such incredible, incredible advice. Thank you so much. And honestly, thank you Jess for your time. As mentioned, make sure to check out Digital Golf Collective for the latest on how Jess and her team are elevating women in sport. Looking to hear more about what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.